Hello, hello. Hello. I'm Allison. I'm Kate. And we are the Itty Bitty Wedding Wedding Committee. I almost (laughs) said I'm Kate. (laughs) I think think that'd be the second time. But you know what? We're just going to roll with it. Let's confuse people. Let's mix our voices. Let's we're like ventriloquists. We'll just throw our voice. It's Monday. Um, it's okay to not who know who you are on a Monday. <laughs> I actually, I forgot it was Monday. I, I was going to be really surprised for a second. I thought it was Wednesday. Oh. So, you know, it's, no one knows what day it is. Yeah. It's just like one <laughs> endless day. It really is. But sometimes yeah, we'll just call sleep a nap. It's all a nap. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> and I'm really, really excited for this episode. This is our Me gowns episode. Too. Yeah, it's a good one. So it I'm is. really pumped. And we have some guest information with uh, input from some bridal designers. So we're really excited about that and just happy to talk about something fun and pretty. I know. We, yeah, we all need that. So yes. yeah, before we get into it, uh, I'm really pumped because we get to actually record two episodes today, or at least we're hoping to. Yeah, so you might be hearing us talking for this episode and the next episode all in one day, and if anything sounds confusing about us talking about the same things or... Or like, what day is it? (laughs) Yeah, timing seems off. We're just, we're powering through it, and we're getting a bunch recorded. And do you have anything else going on? Any new announcements that we need to make? Or Um... Moving soon. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, convinced. I think I convinced my boyfriend to not buy that ugly table that we were talking about last week. <laughs> I really hated that table. I mean, it's so bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad table. <laughs> yeah. So I convinced him to get like a normal nightstand, like a normal person um, that actually fits the vibe of our bedroom. Um, so I've won that battle. <laughs> yeah, it just it looked like something out of maybe, I don't know, Joey and Chandler's apartment in Friends. So when bad. It was like the episode where Joey got all that money and he bought the dog and he bought all those sculptures <laughs> and the weird furniture. It belonged in that episode and not in your home in 2020. I know. I compared it to like something from back from like back to the future, but like in the future, but what they thought <laughs> the future would look like. I was like, this is just bad. Like 80s future. $900. I was like, no, I can't justify that purchase. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Like, that costs more than the bed we bought. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't think I've ever spent $900 on any piece of furniture. And I know that's because I'm really good at finding deals, but yeah. that's a lot of money to spend on a bedside table. Come I on. mean, granted, it had, like, a fridge in it. What, whatever. It was ugly. I was like, no, we're not having it. Mm-mm. Anywho. <laughs> you know what's exciting for me? Speaking of, well, I guess it's not a new purchase because it's a living being but my mom is in town to pick up a dog she's adopting yeah and he is perfect his name is currently mushy but that's going to change he did she decide to... on a name uh no she hasn't we actually she is really waffling on a bunch of some good some awful names and i mm. feel like we should post his picture on our instagram and ask for everyone's input yeah i was gonna say sometimes you just have to see what the pet looks like and then go from there yeah, she's, uh, what are her top contenders? All of a sudden, Pumpkin is in the mix. Oh. For, the record, for the record, this is a nine-month-old 100-pound Mastiff. So Pumpkin sounds appropriate. Pumpkin. So uh, I, for a while, I had her on Sparkle, and we could call him Sparky. She really likes Mr. T. She likes Andre the Giant. She, I, I like Andre. I said I liked Clarence, and she said, Clarence well, is good. I okay. like Clarence. And I feel like she has a bogus reason for not liking the name Clarence. She said she had already thought of it and she can't pick it because there's a dog at the end of my brother's block. He does not live in the same city as her, but there's a dog at the end of his block named Clarence. So she can't pick it, (laughs) which is, I think, very uh, admirable of her that she wants to act with such integrity, but I don't think it's necessary. I'm going to throw Percy in there because I like the name Percy. Oh, I like Percy. That's nice. Like when I think of like a big dog, I'm like, Percy, that seems like an appropriate name. Yeah. I said I wanted to name Boofus. She didn't listen to me. <laughs> I, uh, I don't tend to suggest very good pet names. So I, I love pet names. It's so fun. Yeah. I should be really banned from choosing any pet names. All right. Gowns. Let's Yay! do it. Yay. I'm excited. 
And format wise, I feel like we've got a really nice format. So we'll just walk you through the whole gown shopping process from when you get engaged and you go crazy with your online research to mm -hmm. appointments to once you've chosen a gown, what does the production and the alteration stuff look like? And then what should you think about for the actual wedding day or for post wedding to keep your gown awesome? Sounds like first a plan. First, Allison, I know you are just completely in love with looking at gowns online. I am. It's so wonderful. It's just like immersing yourself in just like white and blush and sparkle and just beautiful things. So, yeah. and I also like fashion. So it's just like mm -hmm. two of my favorite things in one universe. Um, I like that one of the reasons why I'm so obsessed with wedding gowns is just like the trends for gowns over time. Like it's always fun to see like what goes in style, what, kind of goes out of style what some like the things that are you know kind of stay kind of constant and that kind of stands the test of time like it's awesome to kind of see you know the progression of like the bridal gown trends um so yeah. that's just one of the things that I, I love about it and I think it's really fun to look online and uh, uh -huh. just on Instagram in particular as a first kicking off point. So obviously when people are doing a lot of online wedding research, they'll look at Instagram, they'll look at Pinterest and gowns are so visual that yes. you really do need to do that. And I think it's smart from my perspective to look into the designers you like, look into mm -hmm. the styles you like, but don't get too dead set on any particular thing until you've had at least yeah. one or two in-person appointments because you can start to figure out which designers are going to click for you and mm -hmm. which designers really speak to you, but you're going to need to see and feel those gowns in person and make yes. sure that they're really going to be a match. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you'll see a picture and you'll think that like, oh, that's definitely going to be up my alley. And then you go in to try it on and it's like totally like the opposite of what you wanted. And like sometimes that happens and sometimes mm -hmm. the opposite thing happens where it's like you might be at a bridal boutique and you see something on a mannequin or on a hanger and you're like, I don't know, not exactly what I was looking for. And then you try it on and it's fabulous. So it's like you never really know until you put the thing on your body, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one thing I like people to consider too is what's the style of wedding that you're going for and how yes. much do you want your dress to align with that? Because yes. you might decide once you choose a dress you love, you'll totally change the style of your wedding to fit that. Other people might not really care. They say, hey, I like this dress. I don't need to base the design on it. Or uh, maybe you've chosen a venue and you want to base the style of the dress on that a little bit. So I think it's important to think about that and to just mm -hmm. figure out where your priorities are when it comes yes. to how the dress needs to align with the rest of your look. Yeah. From mm -hmm. there, I think it is smart to have your venue chosen before you do the physical gown appointments. And I think that's good just because, again, you will probably want to at least somewhat know what kind of space you're going to be working with because that could influence your look. and Yeah, and your comfort level, too. Yeah, the level of formality, all of it. And when we were talking, so one of our past clients is Desiree Hartsock from mm -hmm. uh, Desiree Hartsock Gowns. She's the namesake. She was a bachelorette. She's the coolest. She's the nicest. And I asked her just a couple of questions about how does she figure out how she's going to design a bridal line? And she gave some really good answers. And I also liked that she talked a little bit about her design process and her production mm -hmm. timeline. So what Desiree said was every time she designs a new collection, she wants to already have her target bride or consumer in mind. And from there, she will take a few weeks to get everything sketched out, but she doesn't really like to do more than about a month because she's a small business. So she'll draw inspiration from a certain era or she'll draw inspiration from a certain mood or a certain theme. And then once she's kind of fleshed out those designs over a few weeks with those sketches that she'll hand draw, then she has to get into production mode and she has to get into business mode. Uh -huh. And this is something that we see with pretty much any designer, whether they're a small designer or they're a large designer, they're going to definitely have their target client, their general brand, and then they're going to have to spend a lot of time not just designing the collection, but getting everything out there. There is New York Bridal Fashion Week, which is a really, really important big fashion week. And there are two, just like with regular fashion, two main seasons. So typically you're going to see two bridal collections for most companies every year. And that's mm. going to be fall, winter, and that's going to be spring, summer. So one thing you'll want to think about is 
when do you want to pull the trigger on this decision for buying your dress? Because Mm -hmm. if you're shopping right before a new collection comes out, you just want to make sure that you aren't going to be disappointed when you choose a dress, you pay, you start production on that and then the new collection comes out and you go yeah. oh my god I wanted I wanted to try that on so and bad. then like, you get buyer's remorse <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you don't want to have that but mm-hmm. I think mostly just do your research and then check around in your area about which gown shops are going to carry the lines you like and it yeah. will likely be more than one shop to carry the lines you like or you might have to travel which is fine so a lot of gowns are or designers are mainly only going to be carried in larger cities or in certain uh, stockists. So that's whoever's going to stock their line. And you'll want to look into that. You'll want to look into the general pricing breakdown of those brands. You can always call the shops and ask because they're not going to play it close to the chest. They will tell you what the prices Uh are. And then you're in appointment mode. It's time for you to shop. So Allison, what would you tell people about that process for actually getting the appointments? Um, I would say, well, you mean like before you go, like how do you prepare for an appointment or just the process of scheduling an appointment? I think both just from start to finish. What is this going to look like? Yeah, I would definitely say have some sort of, well, I'm kind of speaking from how I would approach it. Like I would go in with some sort of game plan, whether that's, you know, you don't want to necessarily put your, all your eggs in one basket because at the end of the day, you never know what dress you're going to end up with, but have some sort of, like you said, you know, if you have any designers in mind, definitely, you know, have that in mind, communicate that at your appointment or before the appointment, once your appointment's booked, have designers in mind, have some sort of style or silhouette in mind. You don't have to be like all gung-ho and eliminate other elements or styles but just have some sense of like what you kind of want to gear towards so whether you know that you like a-line but you're also interested in mermaid silhouette like kind of have some sense of that going in just so it's like you're giving the consultant a starting point once you get there um because then it'll just kind of make the process a little bit smoother and then they'll have an idea of what you're looking for um not to say that you have to do that, but it's kind of, it's, it's helpful. You can also kind of go in with, you know, kind of an open mind and a blank slate, but just be upfront about that. And you can tell the consultant like, Hey, you know, I'm kind of going in this open-minded blank, blank slate. And then say, you know, here's the budget range that I want to stay within, or, you know, I love lace or something like that. Just have some sort of information ready for them, even if you don't know exactly what you want or you might not be sure what designer you want or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely say um, have some sort of game plan going in. Um, And budget. You can always tell them your target budget. Like what's your max? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's like, that's like a, sticky subject that like makes people uncomfortable to talk about but I feel like one of the things that I appreciate about shopping for bridal gowns is that the more upfront you are about your budget before you put a dress on your body the easier the process will be because then it's like they're not going to waste your time showing you a dress that you they know is not going to be within your price point and things like that so I think it's totally okay to communicate that on the front end and don't don't go in thinking like, oh, well, you know, my budget is too small for X, Y, and Z. Because at the end of the day, you can find a gorgeous dress at any price point if you're looking in the right place. So definitely yeah. make sure that you're upfront about what that budget range is for you. Um, and then I would say too, like, don't overbook yourself on bridal appointments because yes. sometimes that does happen where you're like, oh my God, like I'm excited to go dress shopping. Let me make five appointments at these five different bridal salons. Like, the process is a lot, but, and you don't want to like make it more stressful for you by trying to like bounce around to all these different, you know, bridal salons, because you might not need to go to five different ones. Like I would say one to two to start is a good place to start. And then if for some reason, you know, you don't find what you're looking for, or, you know, if you're looking for a designer that that salon doesn't carry something like that, then you can kind of evaluate whether you need to do another appointment but I would say one to two appointments to start is a good place to start without driving yourself crazy (laughs) 
when you're making these appointments, in addition to everything you said, I think you'll want to consider the timing. Ideally, you will be making these appointments earlier rather than later. If you have the opportunity to start the gown shopping process at least 12 months in advance, Do it. that's ideal because we'll get into this a little more with the production timelines, but it can take time to decide and then it can take time to get the gown produced and sent mm -hmm. to you. And then it can take more time to do the alterations. And you are really going to want to make sure you know going into the appointments how you should prepare. And generally, there are a couple of things. So one, I would say don't bring too many people. You're going to have moms, yes. aunts, friends, yes. siblings, whatever. Don't bring too many people. Bring two, maybe maximum three. But keep in mind, if you're shopping during the pandemic, which a lot of people listening to this probably are, there are going to be new restrictions for that. And at the salon, there will probably also be some restrictions regarding can you walk through and touch the gowns? Can you try on a maximum number of gowns because they have to sanitize them in between? So ask them about what they're doing there and what the protocols are, how many people you can bring. Yeah. I would definitely give yourself two hours for every appointment. They might yeah. not take that long, but you want time to travel in between or to take a food break in between if you have two appointments in one day. Yeah. And really uh, try not to fill up. And this is not me saying diet because I will get into that when we talk about alterations. I hate wedding diets. Hate, hate, absolutely hate. Yes. But you don't want to have a really full stomach going in. And at yeah. the same time, you don't want to be hangry. So just get some light <laughs> bites, get some light yeah. bites throughout the day. They're going to offer you champagne. So don't get, you know, fall down drunk off your two sips of champagne at the <laughs> tasting because you didn't eat anything all day. Yeah. Uh, so do just really give yourself time and um, give yourself the benefit of not having too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes oh, to- Oh God, food. I don't understand. And you know, I love watching Say Yes to the Dress. That's like my- weekly routine every Saturday or Sunday I'm watching that show and it's just like I don't understand why people feel the need to bring like eight people with them to the like to the shopping experience like it's like you have to think about what you want what you're gonna feel good in and of course it's like you're gonna want to take in the opinions of you know the people that are closest to you but having like all those people like putting in their two cents, it's just going to drive you crazy. And mm -hmm. you, there's ways that you can still include people in the shopping experience without having a full marching band going with you. So like take two or three people with you the first, like when you shop and then maybe you can take, you know, an important person and someone else for like your first fitting or something like that. So it's like, you can incorporate people at different points. Like if people still need to feel included in air quotes without having the giant posse, you know, making your life hard. <laughs> and if you, for some reason, are going just yourself, that's fine yeah, too. Don't feel weird. Totally that's totally fine. That's what I did. I yeah. never brought anybody because my mom doesn't live here and uh -huh. I had friends I wanted to bring, but I didn't have a lot of time and I'm yeah. in the industry already. So I feel like friends where I went. Um, so when I made those appointments, I did exactly what you said, where we had a two month engagement. So ours was a little bit different in terms of shopping for a gown, but I made an appointment at one place, didn't find the gown I loved, made another appointment uh, and thought, okay, maybe this will work. Didn't find anything I really loved. And then I made a third appointment with a place that I told myself, oh, I won't be able to afford them, mm -hmm. but talked with them. And I will talk more about that when we get into the production timeline stuff, but it, they were absolutely lovely. They worked with me and we got something really amazing on a pretty tight timeline. So yeah. I did the same thing where I didn't want to be overwhelmed because I just don't have time in my schedule. This was, yeah. more, you know, a to the point businessy kind of thing. And that was fine. I didn't feel weird about it at all going by myself. I had a yeah. good time still. Yeah. And it's like the only opinion that you have to worry about is yours and not like a million other people's. Yeah. And I took pictures and that was that. So yeah. when you go into these appointments, you are going to, like you said, Allison, have a consultant who pulls pieces for you. And if you don't like the pieces, that's totally fine. You will not hurt their feelings. They're yeah. really just working with the information you give them. So the more specific information you give them, the better. But if you know that you have an oh, no, no, like you have something that is just not going to work for you. You know, yeah. I knew I didn't want a mermaid uh, line on my gown tell them that because then they'll yeah. stay away from it. And like you said too, be cool about the budget, you know, tell them if you've got a $2,500 budget, tell them that. And mm -hmm. you know, they might see a gown that they think you'll love that's 2,800 or something, but they're not going to pull a $5,000 gown then. And that's really what it's about. Just making sure that 
you're not wasting your time. And that means they're not wasting their time. Exactly. A couple of other things. So I have had some confusion in the past about what the trunk show is. When you go to a trunk show, that is a collection from a designer who may not always have their pieces at this shop, or they may have special pieces that have been brought in to be sold. Once in a while, there can be a slight discount, maybe 10%, 20%, but you are not getting any kind of sale with a right. trunk show. That is not that sample sale. That is not something like that. The trunk show is an opportunity to see special collections, maybe uh-huh. new collections, and also to be able to meet the designer who is going to be there for the trunk show. So you do want to make appointments for that, which yes. is really exciting and just uh-huh. so cool. But know what you're expecting when you go into a trunk show and know that it's a really great opportunity to get to connect a little bit more with this brand. But don't expect that everything's going to be 50% off or something yeah, like that. Definitely it's not. not. Like you're, <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're going to some massive sale day at Lowman's where everyone's just pulling through dresses and trying to grab a $10 dress. Not yeah. going to that sounds so anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So once you have gone to this appointment, you've tried on the gowns, I think it's good to try on the ones sometimes that get pulled and you think, oh, I'm not going to like it. Because Mm -hmm. you might, you might try on that gown and realize, oh, wow, I didn't think I wanted white, white, but it actually looks great on me. Yeah. Or I thought a sweetheart neckline wouldn't be good and I love it. And you're never going to know until you try. Yeah. That's such a good point because I feel like people have so many like random reasons why they don't want to try something like I don't want to wear strapless because I hate strapless and it's just like they try on the strapless dress and then all of a sudden they're in love. It's like, you Mm -hmm. know, unless it's like a practical reason why you don't want to wear a certain silhouette or style like that's a little bit different, but not being open to trying something just because you just offhand don't really like it like I feel like sometimes you do yourself a disservice because you might end up missing out on something really amazing just because like a a small detail that you were like I don't want to try that just because and like we were saying before some things don't look as exciting on a mannequin as they do on an actual person and you just have to try it on to really get an idea of how it looks on your body and sometimes your mind gets blown and you end up in a situation where it's like, oh, like I never would have tried this on, but I'm obsessed with this, you know? So I love it when things like that happen. (laughs) And what I would say too, so when you come prepared to this appointment, you are going to want to bring nude underwear that is going to match your skin. You are going to want to bring a strapless bra, but no, your tits are coming out. People are going to You are going to have a lot of nudity going on or mostly be mostly nude in that dressing room. And you're probably going to have somebody, a consultant in there with you. They're used to it. This is what they do for a living, but get ready. Boobs are coming out. Yeah. I would (laughs) say do like, even if you, you can either bring a bra, um, people bring extra bras. That's totally fine. Like a strapless bra or something like that. Or like, I would even suggest like, if you don't even want to deal with the bra situation like me, cause I like hate wearing bras when I don't have to wear Mm -hmm. one. Um, like getting like the, like the pasties, like the, I call them, I call them candy dishes is what I call them. But basically I call them candy dishes. And so it's like, they basically cover like your nips and like most of your boob. And so it's like, you don't feel like you're like bare in the dressing room, but then it's like, you don't have to necessarily worry about having like weird lines and things like that. And you can really just kind of see the dress without seeing weird straps and stuff like that. So there's options for that. And we're not talking about the showgirl pasties. We're talking yeah, about we're talking the silicone, like, right. colored. The, yeah. the ones that normal people wear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So get those if you feel like that'll be helpful. If you do mm-hmm. choose a dress where you would have to wear those, it's nice to have them too. Mm-hmm. And bring mm-hmm. some heels. They will yes. have try-on heels for you, but they might not be your size. You might not think they're comfortable. So bring your own heels if you remember. Yeah. And yeah, just come ready to rock. Remember yeah. to, you know, get all shaved up if you feel like your armpits are going to embarrass you if you didn't shave them or anything like that and know that you know you're going to have to take some reference pictures you can look later when you have the appointment too if you don't fall in love with a dress that's fine if you feel like there's a contender think about it sit Mm -hmm. on it for a while you don't need to decide that day you don't need to make a purchase that day don't feel pressured or anything like that it's really about making sure you like the dress you choose yeah and sometimes you just have to sleep on it and that's totally okay Yeah. And think too about, you know, what's the functionality of the dress. If you're having Uh an outdoor wedding, 
don't get something that's going to look terrible if some drops of water get on it or if uh-huh. it's going to pick up a lot of dirt or if it's a beach wedding, a lot of sand. So think about that and think about the time of year. Are you going to feel too hot? Are you going to feel maybe too cold? Whatever it is. So consider that as well, but know that you can always make little modifications. Uh-huh. All right. So you've chosen your gown. Yes. Congrats. What next? the not so fun part well I mean I guess it depends on who it is but I mean so you have to think about like when you buy the dress usually um you go straight into the alterations process so they'll take your measurements they'll order the gown and your size and then you get into the production window and depending on the dress and depending on the elaborateness of the sizing or the changes that you made it could that's going to determine how long that is going to take before you go in for your first fitting. Um, and so there's like so many factors with this because it like, it depends on who the designer is and what their overall production timeline is. It depends on the material of the dress because sometimes certain materials you have to handle a little bit more delicately. So you can't mm-hmm. overwork it too much. So sometimes that adds time. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of all these little alteration thingies or you alteration about you want to think about shipping too. So mm-hmm. if you're working with, for example, an Israeli designer, which I did, but I got something that was off the rack, you're going to want to give more time to them or to a French designer or a Chinese mm-hmm. designer or whatever than if you had something that's produced in the U.S. Yeah. So you'll want to think about that. And I would say at a minimum, if you are working with a designer and ordering something that you know doesn't have a pretty quick produ- production timeline, give it at least nine months. Yeah. Because you not only want to get that gown in hand, but then you need time to make the alterations once you do have it. Yeah. And I would say like, even like add extra time if you're doing anything custom, because then that takes even longer if you're getting a, basically a dress built from the ground up. And if you are doing custom, a nice thing can be that they can rush things a little bit more, but Mm -hmm. you will pay a premium price for that. Yes, you will. So avoid the rush fees. Just try not to put yourself in that position because it gets very expensive very fast. Yeah. One thing that you mentioned that um, I think we should differentiate for people that aren't aware is um, the difference between getting a gown that's going to basically be quote unquote made or fit for you as opposed to getting something that's like a sample gown or something that's off the rack. Mm-hmm. So off the rack just means like what it sounds like. You found it on the rack, you purchased that, or you purchased a more standard one. That's usually going to be one at a lower price point mm-hmm. that is going to come in and it's going to just have the standard measurements when it arrives that mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a size medium or a eight or a 12 or whatever it is. And then it comes in and from there it will be tailored to fit you. Yeah. So that those, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And those usually are going to run quite long because they want to be measured for people who are tall and then wearing heels. So you can always get it taken in or have the hemline shortened, but it's a little bit less customized originally than if you're going to have something made for you, whether it's something that it's fully custom or something that is simply um, something out of a designer's collection where the stockist is going to send them your measurements and get it ordered that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And usually you'll be able, when it's less customized, when it's more off the rack, that's the quickest timeline. So if you have a short engagement, keep that in mind and give mm-hmm. yourself a little buffer time so you aren't stressing out. Yeah. And that's another thing too um, that I feel like some people might not be aware of is that if you have a smaller window, um, like if you're doing a short engagement or like you need a quicker turnaround on a dress, that's going to limit the options that are available to you. And that's another thing that you definitely, definitely want to communicate to the consultant when you're shopping. So if you're looking for a dress and you're like, I'm getting married in three months, they need to know that. So that way they're not showing you any gowns where they know the designer is not going to be able to turn the dress around in that time frame. Um, so that's another important thing to consider too. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can give you something that is straight off the rack. They can Mm -hmm. sell you a sample. Sometimes they'll do that and they'll take, say, 25% off for a sample. Mm -hmm. So you just need to find out if they're willing to do that in that case. Yeah. Uh, They won't won't be able to give up all of those. Sometimes they've been sent ahead for a trunk show or for whatever it is. Yeah. All right. So you have the gown now. You're in production. You're waiting on it to come in. First of all, pay attention to the timelines that they told you. So Yes. Don't get super worried if they told you, okay, this is going to take three months or whatever they said, and it's been two and a half months and you still don't have it, totally fine. So maybe call them once to check in if you're getting concerned, but don't rush it. It'll arrive. Yes. And sometimes things do take a little longer. 
So ask uh, if you, for whatever reason, are getting a little worried or you feel like the timeline needs to move up, especially think about this when you are planning during COVID because really the production timelines can change if there are new sanctions or if a factory gets shut down for a while or if certain materials can't be sourced. So mm -hmm. think about that and give yourself a little bit more wiggle room. Then the gown comes in. Ta-da! First fitting. <laughs> First fitting. So a lot of the time that will take place several months before the big day. I would say the fittings start ramping up. Usually you'll do one pretty close to when the stockist gets the gown in. Mm -hmm. And that's just to see how is it fitting on your body, all of that. But you won't really do the final fitting, and there could be others in between, until you get about usually maybe four weeks to the big day, sometimes yeah. three, depending on how quickly that needs to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Allison, I know we were just kind of venting about the wedding diets and all that. So let's, yes. let's go off for a minute on this. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan of diets to begin with. Um, in general, I just feel like if you're okay, there's no, I'm not going to diet shame. Cause I know that people do them. Um, if you're going to do it, just do it for the right reasons. Like do it because you, you know, want to be healthy. Like, I don't think it's, the right mindset to have when you're like, Oh, I'm going to go on a diet to try to fit this dress because first it's just unadded. It's unnecessary stress that you're adding on yourself. And two, um, you know, you might not necessarily get the results that you want when you're trying to like do a diet within a, like a certain time window. Um, and then it's like, you might end up doing just like people sometimes do really unhealthy things in order to like meet, you know, whatever, goal they're trying to meet in order to be able to fit the dress. So I would say like, you know, be healthy, you know, go about it the right way, talk to a doctor or nutritionist and go that route. Um, if that's something that you're trying to do, but I'm a big advocate for, you know, body positivity and just loving your body, loving what you have and just being healthy and you can find a gorgeous dress regardless of, you know, what your body shape is. Um, so that's my, I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, mm -mm, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to get back on it then. Um, I'm going to go way harder than you. Yeah. You're being, you're being so nice. Compared I to didn't want to come out too aggressive, but you know, it's just like, just embrace and love your body. You'll find a dress that will fit you and embrace all that you have and you'll look wonderful. And I feel like when you're crash dieting, like not only are you stressing yourself out and making yourself unhealthy, but you're also in you're going to possibly like screw up the production of your dress because you know, you might drop a lot of weight and then all of a sudden they have to like cut off all this extra fabric on your dress. And it's just, I don't know. Okay. Just so, don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you said, but I'm going to go a little bit harder here because fuck a diet. Just seriously. Eat the burger. Stop, Eat underlined, the burger. underlined a million times, all caps, fuck a diet, fuck diet culture, fuck all of it. Mm -hmm. I, do not like the pressure to be thin. I do not like the pressure to have a certain body type. I do not like the pressure uh, that we see in the industry to have a wedding diet or a wedding gym membership or whatever. You are putting enough pressure on yourself already and uh -huh. you need to be surrounded with people and with a culture and with vendors that are going to make you feel good about who you are. The person yeah. you are marrying it did not decide to marry you because you were going to lose X number of pounds. I cannot stand diet culture. I cannot stand when people promote it. And that is not to say that I'm above it all. I yeah. am definitely insecure about my body. I definitely think about it all the time. And I hate that I've grown up in a way that makes me so hyper aware of that. And I don't want to feed into that. I don't like it. I don't yeah. think that we should be fat shaming. I don't think we should be body shaming. I really want to see something that is more accepting of all people. And I want to see an industry that is more accepting of all people and all body types. And that is just going to make people feel good about how they look and feel good about how they feel. Yeah. If you are on a diet for your wedding, that is the number one way to turn yourself into a hot mess. During a time when you really want to feel like yourself, you will be grouchy. You will, like Allison said, uh, mess up the production of your gown. But you also, let's be real, you're going to get over this whole diet thing and you're going to binge eat or you're going to like, it's going to fluctuate and you're not going to feel yeah. good and mm -hmm. you're not going to feel like yourself. And as the day gets closer, you're going to have all these issues with that. And, and maybe you'll look back at the pictures and be like, Oh wow, I think I looked really good, but was it worth it? Are you going to have longer term health effects? Just don't do it. I hate, hate, hate 
diet culture. Yeah, so. and it's like the wedding planning process is all, it's just, it's, it can be stressful at times. And I feel like you want to do things where you're putting yourself at the most healthiest physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I just feel like stressing yourself out about, you know, trying to drop a crazy amount of weight or what have you, like stressing out about those kinds of things. is just, you're going to make yourself sick. Like you're literally going to yeah. make yourself sick. Yeah. And if you find a gown consultant where you're buying something and they're like, oh yeah, maybe you could lose a few pounds. Don't. Smack her. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, no, well, I would. Say, <laughs> just, I, I mean, truly, I would say yeah. like, I would be, if someone told me something like that, I'd be so upset that I yeah. would not shop with them. I don't want my dollars to go there. So if someone's saying that bullshit to you, just go somewhere else. Find yeah. your account somewhere else. Don't give that person your money. Let them know that, I mean, you don't need to be a jerk about it, but. Yeah, exactly. Don't put up with that. You don't need to be buying into diet culture and yeah. throwing and money at that. No one should be peddling that at you anyway no like I don't when I when people reach out to me as a planner and it's like a gym or a personal trainer or a diet coach and they're like oh shedding for the wedding blah 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 like mm -mm, and no. you're like bye goodbye yeah I, I don't even respond I it just bothers me and I would have nothing nice to say and I just don't even respond yeah so that is my soapbox <laughs> uh yeah I would love to just go on and on and on about that but hey, we'll, maybe that should be another episode that we should cover because that's definitely a thing that yeah. all couples probably experience at some point during their planning process and can our episode be called fuck a diet yes <laughs> <laughs> perfect professional through and through so, all right, you are in this production timeline, you're dealing with all the fittings and all that, and really just talk to your stockist about what that's going to look like. They mm -hmm. might do the alterations in-house. That's what I did for myself. So I went to Mira Couture in Chicago. I love them and they're really fantastic because they have a lot of sewers in-house and they mm -hmm. can source really amazing materials. So I pulled something off the rack because of the timeline. It was Aneta Dover, who's an Israeli. And I didn't have to custom order it. I just said, boop, here's my dress in my hands. Tried it yeah. on. Mm -hmm. And we made a lot of adjustments because I did want something a little different. So we wanted to add bows to the straps that were going to be big and flowing. We needed to fix the boobs because there was a major boob situation with my dress because it was very, very titty forward. And <laughs> that's, that's how I described it. It just, it really emphasized the boobs. So, and I, I was just thrilled because I looked like I had them, which is not <laughs> normally the case. So I was like, yes, please. I have cleavage. It was amazing. So we, we did that and we had to do a lot of alterations for that because it had to be fitted so perfectly. Yeah. And we, we just kept making those alterations and that was all in house. But sometimes you'll purchase your gown and then you'll take it somewhere else. And really, I think when you're finding an alterationist, you want to talk with someone who's worked with them before because yeah. you need to make sure that their timelines are on track. You need uh -huh. to make sure you're going to like working with them and you're going to want to hear from somebody who liked the results they got. I've had uh, people work with the same alterationist and some have had issues because their gown had beading that didn't get fixed up correctly and it kind of scratched their skin. So make sure that your alterationist is really comfortable with what you're doing Yeah. and talk to them about your options for different things. Do you want cups sewn into your gown? Do you want a certain kind of bustle that's going to be either really easy and fast or that's going to be extremely sturdy so it doesn't break during dancing? Mm -hmm. What are your goals? there what do you want that to look like yeah and a lot of bridal boutiques if they don't do the alterations in-house they'll already have recommendations for you so just like ask and just say hey like who were your go-to alterationists for that you like to recommend um and so it's like at least that way you don't have to like kind of grope in the dark trying to find someone and praying to the gods that they don't like screw up your wedding dress um but yeah definitely you know do your research and make sure they're familiar and comfortable with doing, you know, your style of dress, whether it's because of a delicate material or like you were saying, Kate, with, you know, intricate beading and things like that. Um, and just making sure you're really comfortable with um, their work and what they're able to do. Unless five different people in your neighborhood tell you, oh, go to that corner dry cleaner. I don't care if your corner dry cleaner does alterations. That's for somebody's work shirt. That is not for your wedding gown. So. <laughs> or like some slacks, like not yeah. for your wedding dress. So just like you might not want to go, you know, Dunkin' Donuts makes a great donut, but do you want them making your wedding donut display? Probably not. Yeah. 
it's the same thing. Don't go to your corner shop unless you really know that they can do gowns well. Don't just do it because they have a wedding gown sign in the window. So with all the fittings, especially with a bustle, and a bustle, for those who don't know, just means that's going to be the thing that gets uh, installed, you know, whether it's buttons or hooks or ties, there are several different styles. Uh, they'll generally be referred to as American or French, and they can uh, look a few different ways. Just make sure that the bustle is going to keep your gown, that longer train of your gown, up off the ground, and make sure you'll be comfortable maneuvering in it. So make sure yeah. it's length. You might want to ask to have a wrist strap added, which is uh -huh. a little strap that you can actually hold, so you can hold the gown up even when it's not bustled if you don't want to step on the train or have somebody else realistically step on the train. Talk to them about that and then as you're getting the bustle done, make sure you're wearing it with your actual wedding shoes because uh -huh. by the time you're doing that, hopefully you'll have the wedding shoes to bring to the fitting and have someone take a video and maybe even have somebody come with you. Yeah, I would definitely say, especially if you're doing an elaborate bustle, having like one or two people that are probably going to be the actual people on your wedding day doing your bustle, have them there so that way they can see it done. The alterationist can walk them through it, answer any questions that they might have about it. So that way everybody's on the same page because you can't bustle your own dress. You just can't. It's not, no. it's not possible. And if you can, I'd be impressed and I'd love to see it. And um, do keep in mind, yeah. do keep in mind too, that the person who's designated to bustle your gown probably won't be if you have a planner. The person to actually do it because yeah. usually I always ask in advance what bustle style do you have do you have someone who knows how to do it who's going to help you with it but that person might have wandered off that person might have a drink and food in their hand that person might just not want to deal with it because they're talking to somebody so yeah have maybe more than one person who can be clutch for that plan b and c yes yes the, and, the, the french bustle is the one with the ribbons and the numbers right typically and that's going to go more of an under kind of look yeah so it'll look I remember like the first time I encountered my first French bustle I was very panicked but it, it worked out it worked out <laughs> fine and I have my best friend got married and she had a gorgeous like blush it was almost like a soft like linen-y type of material but because the material like that was the only style of bustle that would work and I was not there when she had her fitting. So I had to like figure it out on the fly. It worked out fine, but it was, little, it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I, I always carry a crochet hook to my events because mm, a lot smart. of the time with some of these more intricate ones where you wrap a little, um, you know, string or uh, whatever it is, not always string, but some kind of little hook around a button uh -huh. that can be really, really hard to do with your fingers, especially if you have to do it, say, 12 times. 12? Yeah, it does like 20 <laughs> times. <laughs> it can be a lot. There can be more than one layer. So just make sure you've got a couple of people to help you with that and uh -huh. that you give yourself enough time to get that done when it needs yeah. to happen because it can take time. And one other thing I'll say about that is some people do get a change for the end of the night. So you might want to change into a dancing dress that's shorter, in which case maybe you don't need a bustle, which is uh -huh. totally fine. If you get a second dress, that's fantastic. Uh, you might have a change of shoes. I would recommend it. And you're going to get uncomfortable feet by the end of the night. So if you want to do a second gown, then of course, maybe you don't need to think about having that bustle. So end of the night, your gown probably will get damaged. Just know this in advance. It will get a little bit of dirt worked in. Somebody's uh -huh. going to step on it a little. Even though you have a bustle, that's how it's going to work. It's a long gown. You're dancing. Things will happen. Uh, so you're going to need to get it cleaned after the fact. Whether or not you get it preserved, which is when it can be held for decades in that box, you might have seen that for maybe your grandma's gown, for example. Uh -huh. Whether or not you do that, you're going to want to at least get it cleaned. Get the dirt out. Make it look nice. Yeah. So if you don't have a super delicate gown and if you don't really care as much about, oh, it has to be absolutely perfect and I need to preserve it for 50 years or whatever, you can just get it regularly cleaned. I recommend Davis Imperial in Chicago because they do a fabulous job. They will charge you more than your typical corner cleaner, but you can go to that corner cleaner if you have used them before and trust them and feel like this gown isn't going to be that big of a job. Uh -huh. It's really just a matter of your priority there. I always will recommend a better cleaner, but I do know sometimes when the gown is less elaborate and less delicate, it can be okay to go to a more standard place. But either way, get it cleaned. Even if you don't have a plan to resell it or even if you don't have a plan to preserve it, 
get it clean, see if you can pawn that off on someone else to do. Say, yeah. hey, I'm going on my honeymoon. Can you take this dress? Down? Clean this dress. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm awful at not taking my own advice. My own gown from over six months ago, it, uh, seven months ago, is sitting in the trunk of my car. Oh my God. In a bag. It hasn't been cleaned. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I love that gown too. I love it so much. And you Mira should sleep Couture, in it. Yeah. Mira Couture, if you're listening, I am so sorry that I have done that. I promise I won't get it cleaned. It's in the trunk because I keep meaning to drop it off at Davis. So, sorry. <laughs> All right. I think, I mean, that's really a lot of what I had wanted to cover mm-hmm. for the big day. I know we didn't get into a lot of the lingo surrounding gowns. Yeah. But you'll probably discuss that quite a bit with your consultants whenever you go for a fitting and they'll tell you more about the lines and things like that. I know we didn't get too much into trends either, but that's because we're going to do another trends episode pretty soon. I think think there are several that we missed that we want to get more of a, you know, we want to cover them more in a deep dive. Yeah. Um, What are some of your favorite designers right now or just in general? So I have really been digging Desiree Hartsock stuff. It's just really vintage and feminine and pretty. Uh I love uh, Netta Dover, of course, because that was my designer. I really love, I mean, Monique Lulia is a classic. I love her. I love Carolina Herrera because I love that that Mikado type look and I Uh love a bow. Oh God, I have so many. It's so I know. Hard. What about so you? <laughs> um, well, you already know I'm obsessed with Haley Page. Um, that goes without saying. Um, and I, I really like Ann Barge. I love Ann Barge. Like yeah. I love like if you're thinking like especially if you like a good a like a full a line or a ball gown like Ann Barge is always like one of the first designers to come to mind. Um, and then if you also really love like really kind of like lu- like looks and like really cool like materials. They're uh, very well known for like really cool materials too. Yeah. I also love Jenny Yu. Um, just like oh, I'm obsessed. They also do really great bridesmaids dresses too. So I'm like doubly obsessed with Jenny Yu for bridal and for um, bridesmaids. And um, I do love a good Vera Wang. I just love Vera Wang. There's just something so like ethereal and just kind of like awesome about um, the way that she designs gowns. So those are probably mm-hmm. like my like off the top, like some of my favorites, but there's just yeah. so many. Um, Essence of Australia is another like really good one. That And they're really cost yeah, effective. They're they really, are. very affordable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love, let's see, who else? Because now that we're into this, I'm thinking of a few more. I really like some of the more off the beaten path ones. I don't personally love a lot of beading and a lot of detail. Yeah. I love a lot of puff and floof. And- I love puff and floof. Yes, I love the puff and the floof. I really, I think you're more classic and more traditional than I am. So like Monique Lulia, of course, but then there's Christopher John Rogers. And there are all these designers who do a lot more couture type stuff for just runway in general. And those are the ones that I think I'm really drawn to. And I just love anything a little more editorial and a little less traditional, but not necessarily super, super sexy. So there's Berta and there's stuff like that, which is very sexy. I don't Mm -hmm. know that that's my look. Yeah, I'm not a sexy bride, but I appreciate a bride that's like, I'm going to wear a sexy dress. Like, I love that. Yeah, if you can do it and you can feel good. Do um, it. And I really, really, I don't know. I just like following, I don't think, honestly, this is weird. I don't love Chanel in general. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Chanel girl, and I, I don't know if it's just the Jewish My girl. My God, the Chanel hive will come after you now. I'm just kidding. Well, I, I feel like it's just the Jewish girl and me being like, oh, Coco Chanel. But <laughs> she was not the best. But <laughs> I think, you know, there are a lot of really amazing designers that are a little more under the radar. Locally, we have Sarah Varka, who's coming up and who's really fun. We have, I love Samantha Sleeper. I think she's mm-hmm. amazing. I just, in general, love Honey Bride. I love Bride. Honey Bridal. I was, I was thinking Honey Bridal, is like, as you were saying it. Yeah, they're a local feature, so they're mm-hmm. really fun. I love Ellie Saab. I love, that's obviously not local. I really, really uh, just am kind of obsessed with everything that Rudesen does, and they're not necessarily my own style style they're very boho but they're carried uh, locally at Alice and Ivory mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of our brides go to them and just be so so thrilled and look so incredibly cool I mean if you feel like you need a little bit of a Stevie Nicks vibe for your wedding mm-hmm. you need to get I like that men. like sexy with a hat Stevie Nicks. with a hat <laughs> with the bridal sexy, hat <laughs> sexy Stevie. 
you got to do it. So yeah, I mean, it's just all about your style and all about what looks good. Yeah. There's a little bit of everything out there for everyone. Um, that's another thing that I love. Like if you are quirky or if you're more traditional or if you're more eclectic, like there's designers that kind of fit into these different categories. Um, so it's like, you can really find a dress that really just like reflects who you are as a person. And at the end of the day, like, that's really like what it comes down to is like who reflects like the innermost you, you know, and that's going to come out on your wedding day. Absolutely. I also, I don't know. How do you feel about Marquesa? I don't know how I feel about Marquesa. I like I'm 50, 50. I take Marquesa on a dress by dress basis. Like I don't, I'm not going to say that it's like completely like not really my taste. Cause I've definitely seen some dresses where it's like, this is fabulous and I would wear this. And I've seen others where it's like, it's interesting or, but it's like not for me. So I, I, I take it on a dress by dress basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. I think we've covered dresses enough. We've I gotten know. a fix for the day. We've thought about all the pretty stuff. So, oh my God, we didn't even talk about what to do if you want to incorporate some heirloom, either the full gown or just pieces from it. So don't worry. We'll talk about that. We'll do another episode. Yeah, I just let's had do that. Some idea just about how do you incorporate heirlooms and family traditions in your wedding. So let's talk about that in a totally separate episode. Let's do it. We neglected to touch on it today, but we'll say it's because we planned ahead. <laughs> We always plan ahead for actual work. Maybe not so much for our podcast. I know, right? <laughs> well, I feel like we got it. Yeah. Um, where can everyone find us? They can find us sitting our butts on our couches all day. No, With our pets. <laughs> on Instagram at IBWC underscore podcast. And you can find us on Gmail to email us, obviously. Itty bitty wedding committee at gmail.com. Please do just send us your thoughts, send us your ideas, send us pictures of your pets. I mean, there's yeah. no reason that anybody mm-hmm. should not send us a picture of their pet. Maybe because we haven't posted our pets. Maybe we need to like kick it off. Oh my God, Allison. We should do that. Prepare for a full takeover. This is going to become a dog account now. That's fine. <laughs> I have so many pictures of Luna snoozing while we record. <laughs> I wish I could have a cat again. John's allergic. Oh, she's such a peach. You can come over and play with Luna and get your cat pics. Thank you. And then when I get home, I'll wash my clothes and shower. Or <laughs> John will blow up. He'll just turn into a hive ball. Aw. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you again or hear you again. I guess you'll hear us again next week. Yep. Bye, guys. Bye.